I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. My guest today is joining me through the wonders of technology from Madrid. Pavle Marankovic is author of the book, How to Hook Your Customer with Music. He's in charge of the music and neuroscience department at the audio branding firm Soundditi and is head of the neuroscience department at Elize. He is also a music teacher, film composer, and award-winning writer on topics related to marketing, music, psychology, science, and future trends in business. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Pavle. Thank you for having me. Well, it's so great to have you here. We've connected over LinkedIn. I love your writing, and we really connected over a lot of that. And we discovered, as we were just chatting before I hit the record button, that you're the first guest, I think, that I've had on the podcast whose native first language is not English. And I was just saying how much I admire those of you who speak multiple <laughs> languages fluently. I have interviewed many other people from other countries, but they their first language has been English. And I know we've spoken before on the phone, and I was just so impressed with how fluent you are and, and thrilled to have you here. And this will be a new experience for both of us. So welcome. Pavli, I really enjoyed reading your book, How to Hook Your Customer with Music. It explains how to be more effective in utilizing the power of music to reach customers. Some of us, and I'm referring to myself and listeners, some of us have customers, but we all are customers. So Uh we're going to take a look at the concepts in your book and also kind of reverse engineer them to look at how we as customers are being influenced through music when we're in a store or a restaurant or listening to a commercial. Uh In your book, you talk about two ways that businesses can use music, a high attention and low attention pathway. Can you briefly describe these two different ways that music can be used with customers? Of course. And it's important if we're going to talk about how businesses can use music uh, to ask ourselves, like, uh, why use sound in the first place? What makes audio so important that uh, businesses should take notice and use in their marketing strategies? So there are like three reasons I've come up with. First, music is part of our life events. So whether you're attending a wedding, there's music. Whether you're going to a funeral, there's music. A birthday party, music is part of our lives and uh, there are memories attached to it. You know, as people, as customers, we are always interacting with music. It's so much that that there's a study that says that 14% of our waking time is spent listening to music. So that's approximately three hours each day. And that happens more when you are younger and when you're older. It diminishes to approximately 12 hours a week. So, you know, music is part of our everyday lives. And audio has become a new trend Uh, like your podcast, for example, you know that there are more uh, listeners of podcasts in the U.S. than there are subscribers in Netflix. Oh, really? That's an interesting stat. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So audio is becoming a a new way to interact with the world. There are less shipments of smartphones, more shipments of headphones. There are more smart speakers sold. And there are even social apps like Clubhouse that are only audio um, based. 
So audio is the new trend. So it's important for businesses to take notice and see that there's great chance to influence your customers through this medium. Yeah, that's a great point to make. And I know you do a lot of writing about future business trends. And that's one thing that I enjoy kind of staying up on too. Yeah, so sound is essential to our lives. And, uh, you know, back to your question, there are two ways we process music in general terms. So there's a high attention path and a low attention pathway. Uh, when we talk about this high attention pathway, we are processing music in a conscious way. So we are very aware of the musical elements of the content we are experiencing in that moment. So we can be focusing on noticing the instruments or the lyrics or any other, other musical element that's participating in experiencing that content. So the most classical example we all know about are the jingles. Yeah. <laughs> so jingles have been around for a lot of time and these are like short commercial songs that explicitly promote something about the brand, whether it's uh, an advantage, a feature, or just telling people to buy because there's a discount. So they're both informative and entertaining, and they appeal to our rational minds. I thought it was really interesting in your book how you talked about how jingles had their boom in the 1950s, and their use has really significantly declined since then, partly because they were kind of overused and just don't appeal to consumers as much. But yeah, it definitely is a high attention pathway of music or mode of music because the focus really is on the music and on the words. That's really what your attention is drawn to when, when you're listening to a jingle. Exactly. They can appeal to our short-term behaviors. For example, they can announce when we have to go to a, a store to buy something because it's on discount. Or they can help us recall the brand, the name of the brand, because they ins insist so much in the song about the, the brand that you it's like stuck in your mind. <laughs> Sometimes almost in a negative way. Like, I think we all can probably think of a jingle that we've heard so much that we're like, oh my goodness, every time you hear it. Like, I'm thinking of one for Menards. So I don't know if Menards is in Europe, but Menards is here in the U.S. No. It's a big <laughs> no. box, like home goods, like home maintenance, home supplies store. And they have a jingle that every time I hear it, I'm like, oh my goodness, get something different, please. <laughs> So yeah, I, I we think... get fed up with the music if we if we are so consciously, you know, listening to it. Right. Anything else that you want to say about the high attention pathway before we look at the low attention pathway? Well, it's about the listening experience, as you as you say. So when we are consciously listening to music, we can get fed up more quickly than if we are listening to it like a background music, background noise. There's a study that looks at. How many times does it take for us to decrease our arousal towards a certain song? And when we are listening to it consciously, it takes approximately eight listening experiences. When we are listening to it unconsciously as background music, when we are like studying or doing other chores, it takes 32 times to get fed up with uh, with the music. So it's it's um, it can be... How do you say this in English? Like a two-way street. Like uh, if you use music too much consciously and uh, explicitly, it can be good to recall the brand, but it can elicit some negative emotions you don't want to stick around with your brand sure. afterwards. Yeah, you kind of get into that law of diminishing returns. Like if you even think about eating a Snickers candy bar, 
the first bite is amazing. <laughs> and then exactly. with each additional bite, that kind of levels off. And if you just keep on going, you can get to the point where you make yourself sick. <laughs> yeah, you're so numb with all that uh, sugar that uh -huh. it's not the same as in the beginning. Yeah. And now, yeah, and now we have this other low attentional pathway which refers to our unconscious perception of music. So we are not aware of the musical elements while we are experiencing, for instance, a movie. If you go and ask somebody after he has watched a emotional movie scene to tell you something about the music, like uh, what genre was it? What pace was it? That person won't be able to recall what was happening with the music, but he was reacting to it. So it was in a way being more effective when it was being used in this unconscious way yeah. and this helps us use music in a way that bypasses all these rational filters we have all these biases all these questions about what kind of music we are using and that are drawing us away from the actual experience and this makes us less resistant to persuasion there was a study that compared musical ads or ads that used music prominently with ads that didn't have a musical element And they found that when you used musical ads, there was a 20 to 30% increase in sales just because of using that emotional pathway through this low attention processing of music. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's huge. That's significant. I mean, emotions sell. Emotions sell. And yeah. music creates that emotion. And as you mentioned, when it's used in this low attention way, it, affects us without us even being aware that we're being affected or even that music is even playing. Like you mentioned, when we're watching a movie or watching a commercial and that music is playing. And I know in your book, you say that this low attention pathway of music, this is where the music really gets powerful. And, and that's what we're going to be focusing on our conversation today. When you were talking about this low attention pathway of music and how We're often unaware that the music is even playing. We're unaware that we're being affected by the music. And those normal rational filters are not in place. It kind of reminded me a little bit of hypnosis. Like we kind of have the stereotype image, uh, a lot of us here in the U.S. anyways, of hypnosis being where somebody else is like a puppet controlling the strings and we're completely out of control of our own behavior. But it's really, that's not the case. It's really just someone being in sort of a guided state of increased relaxation and more open to suggestion because those filters are down and that guard is down. And that's kind of what it reminds me of when you're talking about this low pathway of music. The, I'm sorry, the low attention pathway. Yeah, because music. you let go yourself. You are more prone to listen to what others are, for example, in hypnosis, somebody suggesting to you and you let yourself go and just experience without doubting or, you know, putting any barriers in between. Yeah. And with hypnosis, it is used to affect behavior. If there's unwanted behavior in your life, whether it's addictions or anxiety or pain or something like that, it's used to sort of help us control those behaviors. And really, in a way, that's almost what businesses are doing through their use of music is affecting our behavior in a way. So talk to us about some of the ways that Music can change our behavior as customers without us even being aware of it sometimes. Yeah, I can mention you, for example, there are three broad 
behavioral changes that we can can see that's easy to to understand so first of all i want to point out that the more unconscious you show music to your audience the more effective it can it can be and this reminds me when i was studying film scoring that teachers always told me that when you compose something for a scene you should be aware that music Uh, shouldn't interfere with what was happening in the scene and shouldn't draw attention to the music because it gets out of the experience of feeling what the character is feeling, listening to to his uh, dialogue. So we are always trying to use music to be more effective. And in this case, the more unconscious, the better for uh, our business goals. So for instance, we have purchase intention. There are two studies about it. And purchase intention is our willingness to pay for a certain product or a service. There's a study that puts people in a wine shop and people are exposed to either classical music or pop music. Pop music would be the top 40 songs that are broadcasted through the radio. And in this wine shop, they follow the purchase of these clients when they are exposed to the different situations, music situations. So when people purchase wine that was under the top 40 pop music condition, they didn't buy as expensive wines as they would with classical music. Ah. So why is that? Because in this case, you have to find music that fits the environment. When wine and classical music are intertwined in a way that classical music induces high status, refined, elegant sort of values that make people try to adjust their behavior to this environment. And they're more willing to pay for a more expensive product because they feel that they need to, because they are part of this environment that's inducing this kind of behavior. Yeah, that's interesting. I was expecting you to say something more about the quantity of their purchases, like how much they were buying. But I hadn't really thought about the price of what they were buying if they were buying the same amount but just higher priced wines that's interesting yeah in this case it's about the price of one wine but uh, it can also be about the quantity so there's another study also with wines i don't know if the guys funding the (laughs) the studies were you know wine brands but both studies are on, on wine the second study compared french music and german music this is in a supermarket environment And in the wine aisle, people are exposed to either French music one day and the next day to German music. And there's an interesting pattern here. So people, when they listen to French music, like when they listen to accordion music, which is uh, most commonly associated with French music, they buy more French wines to a ratio of four to to one. So for each one German uh, wine, they buy four French wines. Oh, wow. And when they're listening to German music, uh, which is more like uh, metal and wind instruments, they buy more German wine, but not in the same proportion. They buy a ratio two to one. So for each French wine, they buy two German wines. So why is that? Because it's not just about the musical fit, which induces you to buy a certain type of product. It's also about the cultural perceptions you have about a certain product. So we are used to buying French wine and associating French wine with quality wine. 
So okay. we don't usually think about German wine. Maybe we think about more German beer, but not German wine. I was just yeah. going to say, when <laughs> I hear about German drinks, I think about beer. <laughs> yeah, so that's why the ratios are different, because there's already um, a cultural imprint on what you're buying, sure. buying. So music can only induce a certain behavior, but there's also other factors that are influencing your purchase as well. Okay. So this is about purchase intention. So it's about finding the right fit between music and environment. And, you know, a journalist could say, like, uh, classical music is the way to go. You should uh, use music that's, you know, classical music because that's the, the highest return on, on your investment. But it's not about the genre. It's about the fit with the environment. Okay. I could see this really being important for restaurants. I mean, if you have an ethnic restaurant playing music that fits that environment, I would think would be huge. And then even with restaurants that aren't ethnic, like Italian restaurants or German restaurants or French restaurants, if you have something like a fine dining steakhouse, I would think that the music would be very different than a Chick-fil-A or some kind of a fast food restaurant where it's just a completely different environment. And it enhances the whole experiences of you being in that environment, in that Italian restaurant or French. And, and you feel like if you're in France, I mean, music can, can transport you to, you know, a different place, a different time that no other sense can do. Uh-huh. And then... We have another one. We have uh, time perception. So how can music change our perception of time in a way that is beneficial for business goals? So, for example, we have this thing that we all do, that uh, we uh, phone a customer line service and we are stuck in hold <laughs> for a long time. Yes. And, and uh, you know, studies show that when you are more than two minutes waiting for a customer to be, you know, to be attended, you'll hang up. So how can businesses use music to make people feel that less time has passed and so people don't hang up and they have they can have a, a more positive feedback to the customer attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a study that used slow tempo music and fast tempo music. So whenever you were listening to a slow paced music, people were asked afterwards how much time had passed and they assessed that less time has passed when they were listening to slow tempo music. In a sense, they were maybe uh, induced to be more relaxed and um, less information was being transmitted. So when they did this cognitive evaluation, they would say that less time has passed. But if then they were like listening to fast-paced music, they would be all agitated and more information would be transmitted. You know, more things are happening in, in less time. So they would assess that uh, more time has passed. Oh, that's interesting. Well, one thing that that brings to my mind is I just got a text yesterday from a friend of mine who said, I am sitting at a doctor's office waiting to be called back. And the reception area has banjo music playing and it is stressing me out. (laughs) She said, she said, I think my blood pressure is going (laughs) up. They should not be playing this at doctor's offices. So that's 
I mean, maybe this is a combination of the time perception and maybe some energy regulation too, but that would be another reason to play, I would think, to play slower paced music in any kind of a waiting area. Like you mentioned, hold music, but also in waiting areas where you don't want people to to feel like they've been waiting any longer than they have. Yeah, like medical appointments or, you know, waiting line to be attended uh, in a bank and all those kind of experiences that, you know, you yeah. have to wait. But if there's a chance you assess that less time has passed, it's better for your well-being <laughs> because you think, oh, sure. yeah, I've, I've been less time than I have. And how you react to the person you are being attended by. Here's a quick break for one of our sponsors. Are you a flutist? who would like to access free educational flute topics right at the touch of your fingertips, then look no further than the Flute 360 podcast. I, Dr. Heidi K. Begay, created this digital platform in 2018 with you, the listener, in mind. Throughout my career, I gained valuable knowledge that not only did I want to share, but needed to share with other flutists like yourself. Since the podcast's creation, I have had the pleasure to collaborate with hundreds of other flute professionals who share the same passion that I do, which is to contribute their expertise to the flute community. The podcast delivers free educational content every week through your favorite device and podcast app. Follow and subscribe to the Flute 360 podcast to receive the latest episode and podcast news. Thank you. So we have purchase intention and time perception. Did you say there was a third category? Too? Um, yes, but in time perception, there's also a way that we react with uh, maybe with unconsciously with our body movement. So if you put slow paced music in stores, people were, will spend more time in this stores, supermarkets, because they're unconsciously adjusting to the pace of the music when they're going through this, these different aisles. Yeah. But the music has to be, it has to have certain uh, characteristics. So it has to be something that's familiar to the customer. It has to be of low volume and it has to be liked. So if you have that combination, you are more prone to stay in that environment. Ah, interesting. Slow, low volume. Familiar and, it and light. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is something that I could see being useful in restaurants, too. I mean, if you have a fine dining establishment where you want people to take their time, eat more, order more, drink more, compared to a fast food restaurant where you want to just turn those tables and get people through so you can get more customers through in a shorter period of time. Huh? Exactly. You have to adjust to what your business is like and use music to your advantage, whether it's making people stay more or getting them rid getting rid of them faster (laughs) yeah we had uh another episode a long time ago where we touched a little bit on that topic and i remember thinking this could be sort of helpful if you have people over who don't want to leave and you're like okay it's getting late i'm ready for you to go maybe we should turn on some (laughs) fast music (laughs) yeah that would be or the opposite you know you just don't want them to leave you're having so much fun just 
have some slow music playing. You just have to know what they like, right? Yeah, I haven't uh, thought of that, but yeah, it would be a very interesting <laughs> way to manipulate people. But yeah, I mean, uh, as long as you're using music in a way that you know, and you're, you know, it's, it, there's a strategy behind, and not just, you know, putting the first playlist that comes to the Spotify list, uh, you are uh-huh. doing something that's making your business more efficient and taking advantage of what music can be used for. So, for example, there's another thing that happens when people go into a store. The staff is very pressured to be very welcoming and uh, attend to all the customers' uh, needs. So what happens if you use music to take a little bit of the pressure of the staff and make people assess both the physical environment and the personnel as more positive than they would use in in a non-music environment. So that's what happened in in another study that when people were uh, liked the music that they were listening to, they were uh, afterwards surveyed and they assessed both the physical environment and the personnel as more positive than they would with uh, music that they didn't like. Well, and that's interesting, too, because depending on the environment, that music that people liked and makes customers feel welcome could be totally different. If you have a store that's selling clothing to teenagers, the music that makes them feel welcomed and like they want to stay is going to be completely different than if you have probably that fine wine store where, you know, it's an older demographic who has more money to spend, you know, Completely different music is what they're going to find familiar and what they what they like. Yeah, if you want to get rid of your adolescent customers, you just put classical music and they will just <laughs> run for their lives. Yes, actually, that's funny because, yeah, I just had an episode where that study came up and it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can. Uh, you can reduce crimes uh, using music certain uh, classical uh, music so yeah it can be used as a as a weapon (laughs) in some instances (laughs) well anything else that you wanted to say about that time perception concept before we went on to the i think you said there was a third well it's uh, yeah it's it's about the evaluation of of environments Uh, so how you assess a certain environments will induce a certain response and you will act accordingly. So if you, you know, if you assess that it's positive that you're having a good time, you're more prone to be to behave well towards the staff. Ah. Uh, so that that was the third one. Got it. Yeah. Uh, type perception. There were some studies that, yeah, that uh, said that uh, you know fast-paced music would make people feel that less time has passed because they interpreted it as I've received so much stimulus that it can't be. The, the amount of time that has passed. So, but the thing is that those were the, the early studies on the subject. And you have to think that everything that's related to audio branding is very new. People don't know about this. Even people in the marketing departments don't know about audio branding. And it's the first, when, when I talk to them, it's the first time they, they hear about using audio in a way that can meet their business goals. Ah, so this is kind of a new and evolving and exploding field then. Yes, and that makes it very challenging when you have to uh, sell your sell your services to these great businesses because they're not aware of this use of music. Sure. So it makes it more challenging. Well, 
Well, that study that you mentioned that found that effective ads are the ones that have a strong emotional response from the audience and that emotional response is much stronger when there's music in the ads. That ad, I think you said that showed that ads that had music increased sales by up to 30%. Is that right? And that study, the emotional response of the listener was measured by how much their hands were sweating. That was the measure of the emotional response of the audience, which was really interesting. Is that sort of a new study and one that is is kind of unusual? Are you seeing more and more of these studies that are measuring the effect of music in advertising and on consumer behavior? That study was, for example, from 2015. And uh, yes, there's more so as the new trend of audio is increasing, more studies are being uh, drawn towards using uh, sound and music in, in marketing environments. And the, thing, the interesting thing is that, uh, as you mentioned, that uh, sweat glands is a way to measure this unconscious response to music. And in our firm, yeah. we use uh, facial recognition software for those same purposes to find out those genuine emotions that arise when people listen to some uh, voiceover or to a audio uh, segment or how they react to an audio branding advertisement that uses music. Wow. Yeah. So that would be the facial recognition software. Would that be used in, for example, a focus group or would there actually be some kind of a camera in a store that would measure customers' facial expressions when certain music played. So in our case, yeah, you can use both instances. In our case, we use like a cloud-based platform where you can upload all your content. So maybe you have uh, different versions of ad you want to test with your audience. You share this link with people and they uh, see this, uh, they open this link from their mobile phones or from their computers and the camera lets on and you i mean you you ask for their permission before so it's it's not something that um (laughs) and then you uh measure all these different facial expressions and muscle movements uh, while they're actually listening or uh, looking at this uh, content so you can get very genuine reaction from people because they are not voluntarily changing their facial expressions. It's something very involuntary. Maybe you can be aware of that you're being recorded at the beginning, but after a while, you just react and let your, you know, face express how it likes. Yeah. So this is a new form to test all these unconscious processes compared to the usual surveys we use. So when you ask somebody in a survey, you're always asking them after they have experienced the ad or the song. You're not asking them at the moment they're experiencing the song. So first, it's a reaction that's not in the moment. Then it's a reaction that you assume that they are able to retrieve accurately. So maybe somebody can say that they felt anger but it wasn't anger. It was like a mixture between sadness and contempt, but they interpreted afterwards as anger. So you're assuming many things from people when you ask them verbally to respond to your survey. Sure. Then there's like, how can we um, arise those emotional reactions from music? So for instance, we can make a conditioning process. So what's that? It's about pairing a neutral stimulus 
like for example the brand that's not been you know you don't have any interaction with this brand and it's a neutral uh, stimulus you pair it with a certain music that you like in a certain environment with you know listening to music while you're with friends so by pairing uh, repeatedly this neutral stimulus which is the brand with music which is a positive stimulus for you you start developing a certain response to the brand by association you're conditioning in a sense the person to react to the brand even if the music is not present at that moment at the beginning yes the music and the brand has to be presented at the same time but after a while without even having any music those positive emotions you've developed by this association would be also responded to to the brand itself Sure. So then we go back to those emotions again and how emotions sell and certain emotions. It's been said music is the sound of emotions. And when that brand is paired with a certain emotion that people feel from the music, eventually the association becomes linked just by hearing the music paired with that brand a certain number of times. Yeah. And uh, emotional ads are more viral. They have the capacity to be shared more than uh, ads that don't elicit any emotional response. So it's another way to use music to make something viral by inducing a strong emotional response. Wow. I find it so fascinating to just learn more about how we are being affected in a retail or consumer situation environment, often without us even being aware of it. And I know the next time that I'm walking through a store or sitting in a restaurant, I'm definitely going to be more aware of the music that I'm hearing. And if it's enhancing my experience and my association with that brand, or if there's a disconnect and the people choosing the music really need your book. Yeah. <laughs> like like my friend who was sitting in the doctor's office and her blood pressure was going up listening to this fast-paced sort of high-pitched banjo <laughs> music. Yeah. Doctors everywhere, please use soothing, slow music in your waiting rooms. Exactly. I mean, if he can get a copy from of my book if he, if he wants. <laughs> Before I let you go, I do want to hear about your upcoming book. You have a second ebook that's coming out this fall. Tell us what the topic of that is. Well, this is about two topics that we all love, which is food and music. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's not just about, you know, our experience of eating food while we listen to background music. It's about the whole cycle of food from farm to fork and back. You might think of, you know, the first phase of uh, plant growth. How can music enhance plant growth? How can ultrasound, for example, help you detect the quality of fruit and uh, know when the fruit is mature to be harvested? And then what happens when the food arrives to your plate? How can you use music to change the food's flavor? For instance, a high pitch sound would induce a taste of sweet. Uh, and the low pitch sound can induce a taste of bitter. So, you know, what happens when you use this in an environment like an airplane where the food is funny and you have to compensate <laughs> with these atmospheric changes with, you know, with the use of music. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this is uh, using uh, sound and music throughout the whole food cycle. 
Oh my goodness, that sounds so fascinating. This sounds like another episode waiting <laughs> to happen. And that's funny that you mentioned airplane food because my husband says I have a cast iron stomach. I mean, I can eat just about anything and it's not going to bother me, but airplane food and I do not get along very well. So I'd be really interested to see what kind of music can help make airplane food digestible. Right now, are you thinking October is when it will be released? Yeah, it's always difficult to predict when it will be out, but uh, yeah, some something like that, October, maybe November. Okay. Yeah, it's about trying to find that there's something more to food and music than meets the eye or, well, the ear in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today, Pavle. I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Do you have a song or story you can share with us in closing today? Uh, yeah, I think I want to share a song that I composed approximately three years ago. It's called Vaiven. In English, it would be the eternal motion of coming and going. And it's a very significant song for me for a couple of reasons. First, because it's part of my first solo album. And uh, then because it was meant, it was inspired and meant for my girlfriend. So it's a very emotional piece and I want to share this significant and emotional piece with you. is gorgeous. Thank you so much, Pavle, for sharing your song with us. We are giving away a free copy of Pavle's ebook, How to Hook Your Customer with Music, to one of you. Email me a screenshot of either your social media post about this episode or your review of the show on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser by September 6th to be entered in the drawing. 
include hook book in the subject line since we do have another book giveaway going on. You can listen to last week's episode for details on that. My email is mindy at mpetersonmusic.com. I wanted to let you know that I am so honored to be the featured music podcast in this month's issue of Podcast Magazine. A huge thank you to Raven Blair Glover for writing a beautiful article that really captures the essence of enhanced life with music. I'll include a link in the show notes. Finally, listeners have asked for an email newsletter, and I'm excited to be sending out the inaugural issue soon. Sign up on my website at mpetersonmusic.com slash subscribe. There's also a link right in the episode details in your podcast app. The newsletter will keep you updated on free giveaways, inspirational quotes, photos, and hacks to enhance your life with music. As always, there are lots of links in the show notes to all the resources discussed in today's episode and a transcription of this episode. Show notes are at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 107. You can find me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. All links are on my website and in the episode details right in your podcast app. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.